Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 <laughs> I like that. Whoa, it's a new toy. Oh, I love that. You like that? Yeah. yeah that's, that announces its presence with authority is what that I'm does. working on getting one that says the latest on Sean Payton to the cards with Burns and Gambo. <laughs> well, well, I just hope it doesn't drag on like the KD watch one we're using it in four months. I don't think it's gonna. I I, I don't I, I don't think bring it, the KD one back. Actually, the Nets played. The Nets have been great. Oh, the Nets have been fine. It worked yeah. out really well for them. He's hurt. He's not playing tomorrow night. He's right? not playing. He's, yeah, no, I didn't no. think he was playing tomorrow night. He's yeah. been out. Coaching watch is very much on for the Arizona Cardinals as we continue to see the names kind of come on down the Twitter machine telling us who's in and who's interviewing and who's been requested. We got two new names added to the list today. And we'll get to those names in just a minute here as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Gambo's at home. I'm live here from the Auction Community Studios. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. But since we joked about it, you know, Eric and Mitch were both joking about it a second ago. Let's let's start let's start with the latest on Sean Payton. And and, and I, I don't wanna make it sound like this thing isn't gonna happen, but it just feels like the further away we get from it, it feels like it's not gonna happen. But let, let me tell you right now what the latest was. Sean Payton is via Ian Rappaport. His second interview this week, Houston Texans were on Monday, Denver Broncos in Los Angeles for multiple hours. Uh, That happened yesterday. Then he's got the Carolina Panthers in New York with owner Dave Tepper later this week. And as of right now, that is it for Sean Payton, Mike. And the Arizona Cardinals also have a request in. They've received permission. All of these teams, the teams are willing to meet the Saints asking price, which is a first rounder and likely more. So they are in business and they are ready Ready to do the deal if they, in fact, end up doing the deal. So he got out of Denver, or at least he got out of Los Angeles yeah. without being offered the job from Denver, you know? He may have been offered the job. He might have been. You're right. You're he right. might have been offered the job. I, and he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm committed to doing these interviews. I'm going to do those interviews. Yeah. There's I, always, I, wor- you know, I worded that poorly. You're right. He, he might have been offered the job. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I still think that Denver's a front runner. I think that's the best job. I mean, I do. I mean, that's an owner committed to winning. It's, um, you do have a quarterback in place there that has been great his whole career. He just had a tough year last year, but he has been great. So if you still believe in him, the tough part about the, about that division, you got to play, you know, got to play Patrick Mahomes twice. You got to play Justin Herbert twice. Yep. twice. Um, you might have to pay to play Tom Brady twice next year if he goes to the Raiders. We just don't, you know, don't know. But like, it's, it's tough like that. The AFC is a juggernaut. So, you know, you go, you go to, the, if he goes to the NFC, whether it's, maybe it's Carolina. It's it's an easier task to to get to the playoffs and win in the playoffs without having the great quarterbacks in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, there was even a suggestion today. I mentioned this earlier on the show. I I, I saw it on ProFootballTalk.com. There's been rumors for years of Sean Payton and Tom Brady trying to get together in Miami. And, and of course, ultimately, it cost them a draft pick because of tampering and things like that and try, you know trying to do things they weren't supposed to do, and they got punished by the league for it. The story basically centered around the idea that if Sean Payton and Tom Brady are really that intent on on being together, Carolina's probably the place. Right? It, it's probably because Houston's going to take a quarterback. The the Cardinals, I, I, I suppose maybe the Colts, but the Colts haven't really gotten in on the Sean Payton thing. Carolina's really the only team that 
kind of makes sense for Brady, sort of, and that has requested permission and has an interview with Sean Payton. Do they want to be together? Is that what this whole thing was about? I don't know. But if it is, it, it kind of makes sense to me that Carolina would be the one place it could happen if Tom Brady wanted, in fact, to go to Carolina. I could I could sort of see it. That division is going to be wide open for the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, from the Cardinals' perspective, I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know, you've come this far, interview Sean Payton. Yes. He's willing to come. Now, if he takes a job, if he turns around and takes the Denver job or the Carolina job, and okay, you know, you reached out, but, but if you can interview him, interview him. Look, the Cardinals have had 11 head coaches since they've been in Arizona. Only one's had a winning record, okay? They've had 11 head coaches since they became the Phoenix and Arizona Cardinals. One guy's had a winning record, Bruce Arians. That's it. Nobody else had a winning record. Now, you did have some winning years in there. Sure. You know, Wizard Hunt, you know, obviously had, had, a, you know, had the big year, the winning year. They went to the Super Bowl, but overall, there haven't been good coaches here. You haven't had a coach that, you know, we say this about the about ASU, right? Oh, man, I would love for Arizona State to have a coach that does so well that somebody else hires them. Well, I'd love to have a I'd love for the Cardinals to do so well that people start hiring their offensive and defensive coordinators. That doesn't usually happen. <laughs> no, it, it it doesn't, didn't it? Ray Horton, did he was he got some traction, didn't he? Early on in the process. Well, Todd Bowles, right? I mean, Todd Bowles became the Jets coach. <laughs> Does that not count? I mean, <laughs> Does that not count? <laughs> I mean, where did Buddy Ryan go after he left? Where did Vince Tobin go after oh, he left? Yeah, where did no, David I, McGinnis go? Dennis Gro? Where did Wizard Hunt go? Wizard Hunt got a job after yeah. he left, right? Char- Chargers. Yeah, yeah. B.A. B. A. was the only guy that did well. Now, Wilkes may get the Carolina job. Maybe he doesn't. Cliff King's very, you know, somewhere, you know, in, He's in, in Bangkok, in, in Bangkok, He's in one Bangkok. night in Bangkok or, you know, one month in Bangkok <laughs> or whatever it is that he's doing. So, like, you know, these guys, you know, the, when you fail, it's hard to, you know, move on and do something else. And, you know, nobody wants to hire you when you've failed. You know, so I think that it would be, you know, if they can get it, you know, if they can get it. That's why you interview Sean Payton. He's had a winning success. If he, if that can work out, it works out. I mean, I, I, I will agree. If we can get Sean Payton, get Sean Payton. But if not, there's other good candidates. You just got to pick the right one. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. If you've been, if, if you're, if you've been. Granted permission to speak to him, it means you've at least indicated to New Orleans your willingness to part with what it takes to get him. If you've gone that far, as they say in Shawshank Redemption, perhaps you're willing to go a little bit further, right? And you might as well talk to him. I And I, I don't know why that hasn't been scheduled. I don't know what the deal is with that. I heard what Ian Rappaport just reported, that so far that's it. The Cardinals have requested permission, but nothing's been on, put on the books yet. If you're willing to go that far with... With the Saints where you're discussing compensation, I think you owe it to yourself to at least have a conversation with him and see what his vision of the organization would be. And I, and I hope that gets done at some point. Now, um, more names added to the list today. The list is is has grown, has almost doubled, frankly, in the last 24 hours. Uh, the new names that have been added to the list, this time yesterday it was Frank Reich, and we learned that not only had they wanted to interview him, they completed an interview with Frank Reich. Former Colts head coach for one year, he was a receivers coach under Ken Wisenhunt here in Arizona. The new names, Giro Aviro, the Broncos defensive coordinator. An interview has been requested with him. He has either interviewed or been requested to interview with every single team looking for a coach in this cycle. All five are in on Giro Aviro. And That's then, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that name never came up during the regular season. No. 
Like his name never came up as a coaching candidate during the regular season that I know of. I didn't would have known that. I didn't read about him until probably about a week ago. To be or honest, just I'm saying, you. like yeah. you know, it's a, but all of a sudden it's like you know if you know one team thinks that that he's the cat's meow, then everybody else wants to interview. We better interview this guy. You know, right. it's I mean it's just it like it just picked up a lot of steam. Like nobody was talking about him as the Broncos were terrible. They fired Hackett. They they were gonna they the Broncos aren't hiring him to be their head coach if he was so great, wouldn't they just hire him? They've interviewed him, but yeah, you would think if he was so great, they would just hire him. And and I don't think they're going to. I think they want a bigger fish than that. I, I think, but it, there is very much a, you know, oh wait, they're talking to him. We better it's, go talk it, to him too. You know, it's like it's like in the movie Can't Buy Me Love, starring Todd Walsh. Okay, <laughs> um, uh-huh. what, what was the main character's name? Uh, well, I, I don't remember his name. Patrick, he was played by Patrick, Patrick Dempsey. The actor was Patrick Dempsey. Patrick yeah. Dempsey, total geek, nobody interested. Now, once one. Good looking girl goes out with them. They all want to go out with them, right? <laughs> yeah, that was once much. one. Once the one girl paid attention to him, that's pretty much what everybody happened. wanted to go out with them. He yeah. was the most popular kid in school. No doubt. All took it's almost one. like this is a Vero. Like once one team's like, hey, this is the next. Like now everybody, every team is interviewing him. Every single one sounds like it. This guy wasn't a candidate uh, six weeks ago that I know of. He wasn't like D'Amico Ryan's. People have been talking about D'Amico Ryan's for two months as a guy who is going to get a lot of attention this cycle. I don't remember any conversation about Ijiro Vero at right. all until. About about the last week or so, right? Yeah. And that was just my point on that. He yeah. became a very popular, uh, a popular candidate to interview very, very quickly and kind of out of nowhere. To be honest with you. All right. So the complete list: Ivero, Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, whose interview was reportedly today, Sean Payton, Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryan's. Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, is the newest name today. The Cardinals, according to Tom Pelissero, have requested an interview. Those are the seven names so far that have been affiliated with the Cardinals and their coaching search. Do you want to remind everybody, we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higher price. Price.com. That's higherprice.com. Good news for the Phoenix Suns finally came down today. Maybe more tomorrow. We'll tell you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Today is January 18th. The trade deadline is February 9th. So what? that's roughly 12 or about three weeks away, I'm guessing. If I'm looking at a count, probably three weeks from tomorrow, probably, is the trade deadline in the NBA. So we'll see. We'll see what the Suns... We, we Look, Gambo, we know they're going to do something with Jay Crowder. That much is more than obvious. Whether it was James Jones' conversation with us earlier today, what Brian Windhorn had to say earlier this morning on the Bickley Murata show, they're going to do something with Jay Crowder. The question really becomes, are they going to do something else or are they content just to see how far they can go with what they've got so as not to jeopardize their flexibility to do something else somewhere down the road this offseason? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, right now, I mean, it's, you know, you, you look at the team and the way they played and we understand fully, fully that they're playing you know, without a, a full uh, deck of cards here, right? I mean, 
we get that. But they they dug themselves such a hole. They, they're going to have to probably start out on the road in the playoffs if they're not in a play-in. And I don't think they'll be in the play-in, but I don't know that they'll get a top-four seed anymore. Um, and, you know, do you want to – do you want to see the problem that the trade deadline is coming up in what early February, right? Where yep. February, so three days, I don't know. If I think it's three weeks from tomorrow. I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that that's enough time to properly evaluate if you feel oh. like you have a championship contending team. I mean, you may not know that until it's too late. So that might be the buyout market may be a better option for the Suns as far as adding players if they kind of think that okay, we're back and we have a chance here. No, it's it's not even close to enough time to especially if you're still a couple of weeks away from getting Devin Booker back. It, it's not near enough time. You're 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 going off of a gut feel. You're going off of an idea that that if we can hang around for the next couple of weeks and not get too far out of this, that a we're going to get everyone back. B they're all going to stay back when we get them, and C that our fully formed, completely realized roster is good enough to make a run for a championship. And if you believe in all three of those things, you're almost going to have to go get somebody else beyond a Jay Crowder trade. You're going to have to go get somebody else almost on faith, right? Like, okay, we, we assume we're going to get everyone back. They're all going to stay back. And that when that happens, we're going to be really, really good. Man, that's a big leap, right? That's a that's a big, blind leap of faith you're taking if you're James Jones on a team that's woefully underperformed. And you know what? Something else you said, too. They might end up in the play-in game. You know? I mean, we keep saying, I, I don't know if they're going to end up there. They might. They might. I, I mean, it, it's good. The, the competition is fierce. It feels like there's a million teams competing for these spots. It might be the best they can do is to get to the play-in tournament. And, and then, is that worth making a big-time move? Or are you just better off waiting until the offseason? Again, these are the questions facing James Jones right now. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. I think I think it's better off to wait to the offseason. Because I, I the, the decisions that you're going to have to make and, and now you in the off season you get into window 2 like this window yes. this window 1 closes and now you're in window 2 and window 2 could very well start with departing with Chris Paul we're going to move on from Chris Paul you, it could it could involve a trade of DeAndre Ayton like okay we've paid 30 million off that contract there's only 3 years left on it who wants a center Toronto you want a center you don't have to pay 30 million dollars out of the deal and it's not a 5 year deal it was a 4 year deal so there's only three left. So I, I think that window two could open up a lot of avenues for them. Hey, we've got all our draft picks. Anybody want to trade with us? We could trade you all of our draft picks. I think that's a better window, window two. Right now, to try to do something at this point, first of all, you're very limited in the amount of teams that you can trade with because everybody still thinks they're in it and they can win it. We get to the offseason and the teams, the only one team wins it. Everybody else didn't. They're going to be looking for ways. Okay, we didn't win it. What can we do to get better? Where now these teams all think that they have a chance, so they're not going to upset the apple cart. Yeah, and I want to get into this story that Bobby Marks wrote this morning on ESPN.com, kind of a trade primer for every team. I, I do want to pass along the news, just in case you haven't heard by now. Cam Johnson is going to play tomorrow against the Nets, so there is a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel when it comes to getting some guys back. Cam Johnson is going to play. Um, and then the other bit of news came today from an updated injury report for the Suns. Chris Paul has been upgraded to questionable on the injury report against the Nets. I don't know if that means he's going to play. We had James Jones on earlier. He seemed to indicate that, you know, Chris Paul was, in fact, he did indicate that Chris Paul was day to day. But the fact that he's been upgraded means 
he's got to be getting close to coming back. And boy, what a, you know, for as, for as done as we might think he is or wonder if he is, what an upgrade that would be to get him back just to help them survive these next couple of weeks until Devin Booker returns. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, and, and Chris has not played at a high level. I mean, it was obviously when he was playing and Book was out that he is no longer capable of being that guy that can, you know, that can win you games on his own. Um, he's still a good player. He is. He's still a good player, but he's not a top point guard in the league anymore overall. And so I think that Chris Paul could still help. And if they get everybody right and they get everybody healthy, he could still he's still an important piece for them. I don't think that they can win a championship without playing him playing at a high level. Uh, but we had those doubts after last year, the ability for him to play at a high level when you've got to play every other day in the playoffs, you know, his body starting to go on him a little bit. Coming up a little later on in the show, you'll hear from James Jones. He was on with us earlier what he had to say with the trade deadline three weeks away. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, though. Monty Austin Fort, the new general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, has some work to do, none more so apparent than the draft. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We joked about it earlier as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show. There are certain stories when we're getting ready for the show. We're trying to figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna present to you and what's gonna spark some conversation. There are certain links, certain stories that we come across where we just we know exactly what we're gonna get. Before we before we even click the link, we know exactly what the story is gonna tell us. We know exactly what to expect. Um, this story on ESPN.com today, best NFL rookie classes for twenty twenty two. Now, this is going to come off as disrespectful to Trey McBride and Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders and everybody else. And it's, that's not the intention. It's really just to kind of point out what has been a problem for a long time for the Cardinals organization. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals were ranked 29th when ranking the best NFL rookie classes for this past year. Only the Bengals... Rams and Panthers were worse. Uh, they did, Gambo, have nice things to say about Trey McBride, uh, about Sanders, about Thomas, how they eventually got contributions from those guys. But when you're talking about the number one reason why Monty Austin Ford is here and the number one reason, the number one thing that Monty Austin Ford has to do, it begins and ends with the draft every single year. That's just got to get better for this organization. Yeah, it's been a, 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 a sore thumb subject for a long time. Failed draft picks. Now, there have been some hits. Yep. Right? There have been some hits, and earlier on there were more hits, but there's been a lot of misses. been a lot of misses. And while there's been good trades and it was the good time, time signings and everything, you, you know, the inability to draft well has put them in a predicament to where they've had to go outside the organization to go get DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz and Rodney Hudson and, you know, so many other players because they haven't drafted well enough. So the key is to draft well. The key is to nail these drafts, not just one draft, but you know if you can nail two, three drafts in a row, you've got the foundation for a really good football team going forward. Yeah, I mean, look, th- there have been good players they've drafted. Trey McBride looks like he could be a good player. Zayvon Collins is starting to show the signs of, of being a good player. I mean, th- there are others, but take Kyler Murray out. The last great player they drafted 
was Buda Baker back in 2017. I mean, it's been five years, five draft cycles. So you, you, maybe you could argue Christian Kirk, but he's not here anymore. They didn't. They, if they drafted a great player, they didn't. They didn't keep him. They haven't drafted a great player in the traditional. Now there's Jalen Thompson that we could talk about as well, but in the traditional draft. Outside of Kyler Murray, you got to go back to Buda Baker, and that was that was that was a while ago. That's got to change for this team, and, and and it's up to it's up to Monty to change that. It's probably the most important thing he's going to do as the general manager of the Cards. Listen, we've done the the topics on you know wow, there's you know the Cardinals don't have any players twenty five or under that are in the top fifty, like good players, but they don't have the great players, right? I mean, nope. You know, you want to hit on some great players in the first and second round, and then you want want to get you know good pieces in the third and fourth round and you're hoping that you can get some good special teams players and backups in the fifth round and sixth round and but you do want to hit on great players and you're right Buddha is a great player Buddha is a great player and, you know when you look at you know even like you, know, you look at all pro teams and pro bowl teams and like you know you want to have guys that are respected around the league that they're good enough to be on those teams and be voted and nominated and stuff like that and the Cardinals have struggled to have those guys they have and so what they do moving forward now now, and obviously it takes on a deeper level of significance this year than, than most others for two reasons. One, you've got uh, somebody other than Steve Kime making the pick for the first time in a decade. Number two, you've got, for lack of a better way of saying it, an outsider making the pick for the first time in, you know, since 1995, Buddy Ryan's second year here. Um, and number three, you've got the number three pick in the draft and, and all of the options that spring from that. Which is why, you know, in addition to the ranking of last year's draft, in which the Cardinals were 29th, we got to bring to you a mock draft today, which in some ways, Gambo, I'm, it, it, it might be the best case scenario for the Cardinals. It might be the worst case scenario for the Cardinals. I guess it just depends on what you want the Cardinals to do in this year's draft. It, it's got the Colts moving up from four. This was on the athletic website. It's got the Cardinals moving up, or the, the Colts, I should say, moving up from four to one, and they take the quarterback in in their draft. They they take Bryce Young, Bryce Young the right. quarterback out of Alabama, with the number one pick. Houston at number two, still needing a quarterback, takes Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Now, some would look at it and say, now the Cardinals are in a position of great strength. They get the best player the best. of the non-quarterbacks. Yeah. They that is get, a position of strength. That is a position of strength. But if you really want them to trade out, Quarterbacks going one two unless there's a great demand for somebody to move up to number three to get yet another be. quarterback, which there might be. But if you want them to trade out of that spot, now that position's been weakened a little bit. If quarterbacks go bang bang one two at the top of the draft like that, not a lot, but a little. Right, and if you don't get the offers that blow you away, but you get offers, but they don't blow you away, then you don't do it. You don't do it. You take that player, and then you can have an early pick in the second round, and you and you build with that. You know, you'll have two of the you know top you know thirty five or thirty six players in the draft, and you know you go your way with that. So, I, I think they're in a great position. If they get an offer, they get an offer. You know, um, 
Now, we don't know that Chicago's going to trade that pick. There's a lot of people speculating that they could, but they might say, we, you know, we can't pass up the opportunity to have the best defensive player in the draft. They perhaps. need help on their defense. Yeah, perhaps. 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 So we don't know how that plays out. Um, and if that happens, then all bets are off because then you're in a position for one of the top two quarterbacks to go at number three and you can make that trade. But if they don't make the trade again, I'm not bothered by that at all. I think that I think they're in a win-win situation. I don't think there's a win-lose or a lose-lose. I think it's a win-win situation. You either get the best defensive player or the best player available that's not a quarterback in the draft, or you make a trade and you get a whole lot of picks. And if nobody, if somebody you know, says, oh, there's two quarterbacks gone, we don't want to give you as much for the third quarterback, well, then don't, you don't make a trade. You keep the pick. Yeah, I, I think the Bears are in such a great position. I, I, they're, if they trade with the Colts, the Bears are in such a great position. And I think everyone at this point is sort of assuming that's going to happen. I don't know if it does or if it doesn't. But if the, if the Bears can trade with the Colts and go down to four, they're going to get whichever guy the Cardinals don't take at three. And and they're to be in a position now in this mock draft. Uh, I thought you'd be interested in this for the Colts to move up. He, he Dane Brugler of the Athletic is projecting that the Colts would give up number four, number thirty five, and a first round pick next year. If the Bears can get that, move down to four and still get Jalen Carter. I mean that's a no brainer. Oh my god, it's it's like it's a yeah. gift. It's it's be it's it's like Give me but, that again. What is he saying they're gonna get? He is suggesting that in order for the Colts to move up from four to one, okay, that they would give up obviously the number four pick, yeah, the number thirty five pick, and a first round pick next year to go from four to one. If the Bears can swing that. Yeah. If, yeah. The question for the Bears, real. Okay. So then you go to four. Two quarterbacks may be gone, but if you want a quarterback, you may be able to get the third best quarterback, or you may get the second best yep. player in the draft that's not a quarterback. Yep. The question that the Bears really have to figure out, and I don't know the answer to this, is what do they think of Justin Fields? I mean, is Fields their guy? He made some improvements this year. He did make some improvements. Um, some people think that he has proven that he's the guy, that he had a good enough year, but they did win three football games this year, and they are picking number one at a 10-game losing streak, but I don't know that you say it was his fault. I mean, he was 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. The kid ran for over 1,000 yards with eight touchdowns. So I, I, if I'm them, I, w- I, would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I get a first next year. I, I only move down a few spots. I get a great player in this draft, and I pick up another pick. Yeah, that's like that, that's almost impossible to say no to. Yes, it is almost impossible to say no to. I, I don't know how you say no to something like that. I, 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 I think the key to all of this for the Cardinals in terms of the options that they've got, truly to maximize the options that they've got here, is the pre-draft process with the quarterbacks not named Bryce Young. Bryce Young obviously is going to go. One of the other quarterbacks is going to go very early in the draft. Can C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, whichever quarterback ends up being the third one taken, can that guy use the pre-draft process to elevate himself in a position where people might actually call the Cardinals at number three and say they want to get him? Because then that's when they got all these choices. Do we stay put? Do we take Will Anderson? Do we stay put? Take Jalen Carter? Or do we have three teams vying to move up to get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis? And, and that leverage that is created from that gives them all these options. It, I, I, I don't know 
if quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three in this year's draft. I, I, I don't know if they're that good. You wouldn't bet against it, though, I, right? Because you know, you know nope. the nature of this damn draft. You're, you're, you're damn right. I would not bet against that. Because that is the nature of this draft every single year. Quarterbacks are overvalued. Quarterbacks are overthought of. Um, quarterbacks are too highly prioritized. And, and it happens every year. And, and can the Cardinals count on that? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if they can count on that or not. When we come back, James Jones has a deal he would like to execute, but he is running out of time. How important are these next few weeks for the Phoenix Suns? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Nothing. Nothing's on tonight. Locally, nobody's in action. No game tonight. Yeah, no. Sorry. It means we can't lose. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Always look at the bright side of life. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, uh, that means no one's losing tonight. Um, but nobody's winning either. Uh, now, tomorrow, we got a full boat. Tomorrow, like, tomorrow's going to be a, an, a a good night for local sports. I'll just a little preview sampler here. Capitals at the Coyotes, so the mullet's going to be rocking. Uh, USC is at U of A. Nets at the Suns tomorrow, the return of Cam Johnson, and maybe, maybe the return of Chris Paul. He was maybe. upgraded to questionable today. Yeah, maybe. I don't want to make, I don't want to go writing checks that I can't cash. And then at 8.30 tomorrow, UCLA taking on ASU. I'm... That's kinda, a big game. I'm kind of low-key looking forward to that game. I really am. Yeah, because I want UCLA's fifth in the country, sixth in the country. And I saw them play a couple weeks ago against USC, and it was a hell of a game. And USC almost beat them. I mean, USC almost beat them. But they're good. I mean, they're they're really good. They're probably the best team in the in the Pac-12. But, like, ASU has worked themselves into a position. Joe Lenardi had him as one of the first four teams in after having him not in, in in his bracketology. So a win over UCLA would go a long, long way towards towards helping ASU solidify their spot in the in the NCAA tournament. So that's all coming up tomorrow, tonight. Uh, all the local teams have the night off, so you can watch whatever you'd like to watch tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. In fact, we'll be live from... Um, the Ainsworth, right across the street from Footprint Center. Um, we'll be there from 2 until 6. We don't have bonus coverage tomorrow night because the game starts at 8 o'clock because of a national TV audience. But we'll be there from 2 until 6. So if you want to make your way down to downtown Phoenix, we'll be broadcasting the Burns and Yebo show live from the Ainsworth in downtown Phoenix tomorrow starting at straight up 2 o'clock. We had James Jones on earlier, and I thought you asked him a, a really good question about, and it wasn't a very long answer, what would he say to those who are questioning him for not making a trade yet for this team? I just said we haven't made, we haven't made a deal. You know, We haven't found a deal that, that works, and when we do, we'll do it. Because it's hard to make a trade. There are multiple reasons, but you can point to the, the parity in the league. You know, when you talk about the play-in game, 10 teams have a shot at the playoffs or at least an opportunity to compete. And in the past, you would have teams that were so far away, they started thinking about next year with all this parity. Um, you have guys that are out there playing to win, and every team wants to get into the playoffs. That's what we play for. So you, you have fewer teams in the transaction business that are truly just looking at it as asset accumulation or asset value. Uh, moves. You have teams thinking, if I'm trading a player, I want a player in return that can help me win or help me win differently. So it just makes it a, a struggle and a challenge, but a bunch of different factors. Like, I think everyone's trying to win. But there's no doubt. 
the frustration, and I don't want to take too much into what's being said on Twitter, but Twitter and other places as well, the frustration about the Suns not doing anything about their current situation, it's palpable, Gambo. I mean, you, sure. you, you can really, you can feel it out there, sense it among the fans. Yeah, because a, a lot of people will say, and, and, and it's, it's not a terrible argument, to be honest with you, a lot of people will say, well, you know, wouldn't you have been better off having somebody? <laughs> yeah. You know, that could have, that could have, you know, that could have been your seventh or eighth or ninth guy off the bench that you would have had for the last three months, maybe helped you win a couple of games, like, you know, and I understand that. I mean, I do understand that. It has been really, really hard to make a trade because there's not a lot of value on on Jay right now, right? There's not a lot of value there. And there's a lot of teams that are still kind of in it for the play-in tournament. Nobody really wants to give anything up if they've got a chance. Nobody wants to give up a good player for Jay Crowder. They want to give you their crap. Like, okay, we'll take Jay, but you know, we'll give you this because they want to give you somebody that's not a part of their rotation. Because, you know, if you've got a good player that's a part of your rotation, you're not trading him for Jay Crowder, an older guy on an expiring contract. Yeah, and and the, the argument stands that if you were just going to end up with nothing great for Jay in February, weren't you better off doing that in December or November just for somebody who could have been in to help you now? And and that's we've been talking about this round and round for the last, I was going to say last couple of weeks, but it's been closer to the last couple of months, just wondering what's taking so long. Why, and, I, and I get it. I understand wanting to wait for the right deal to present itself, and it just feels like at this point point on February 9th they're going to end up trading Jay Crowder and the idea that it's it's going to be anything truly impactful or even that's going to help them in a minor way it it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen at this point with Jay Crowder. They're going to trade him just to trade him and get him off the roster and and just not get that much in return and and I I just I can't believe that's how this story is going to end you know I can't believe that's the that's the end game for Jay Crowder and the Suns when it comes to their relationship is they trade him for Next to nothing at the deadline. Well, who did the who did the ESPN piece? And it was a really good one on like the here's what you can get. And I think they mentioned that you, you might be able to get Pat Connaughton from the box. It was Bobby Marks, yeah, Bobby Marks trade primer. Yeah, he said Pat Connaughton might be like the dream scenario for the Suns. And at this point, yeah, I mean, I would he, say he's, Pat Connaughton. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a good shooter. I mean, he is. He's a he's a good three point. You know, he's not hasn't been this year, but he's usually a good three point shooter. And you know, he plays a you know decent amount of minutes. He's but he's got he's a boy, He's a bench role player. I mean, that's that's what you're going to get. I mean, that's what Jay Crowder's value is. And, you know, now you will say, like, boy, I wonder if you could have made a trade like that earlier. Maybe they couldn't have. But, you know, it's it, it's not going to be anybody's spec. You're not getting Kyle Kuzma for him. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not getting OG Ananobi for him. You're not getting, you know, Fred Van Vliet for him. That's not, that's not going to happen. And I think most fans are now fully aware of that and fully comfortable with that. They understand. I think most of them fully understand that the Jay Crowder trade is just not going to yield that much. I, I just, you know, like a lot of Suns fans, I, I just, it, it's hard to believe that a productive player for the Suns, A, wouldn't choose to be a productive player for the Suns versus just sitting around not doing anything, and B, that not trading him three months ago wouldn't have been a better resolution than what we're dealing with right now for this team. Right. That's right. going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight at 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.